tell us how the opportunity to get into Holy Donut presented itself and yeah. why, well, uh, why do it. When do you think the buzz really started to stretch beyond just Maine? I'd like to welcome our listeners to the Bolus Beat podcast. The Bolus Company is Northern New England's largest commercial real estate services firm with offices in Portland, Maine, and Manchester and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We've been selling and leasing real estate in Maine, New Hampshire since 1975. This podcast is designed to provide insight into Maine's business movers and shakers. Hello, and welcome to The Bolus Beat. I'm Samantha Marinko, an associate at The Bolus Company, and today is guest host of The Bolus Beat. Joining me today is Jeff Buckwalter, the CEO and co-owner of The Holy Donut. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. I know your mornings are busy and time is precious, so we do appreciate you being here. A bit of background on Jeff. Originally from away, Jeff moved to Maine in 1989, where he attended high school and went on to graduate from the University of Maine, Orono. His degree will say he majored in journalism, but his LinkedIn says fly fishing, so leaves a little bit of interpretation (laughs) there. Jeff worked in a corporate job in the resort and hospitality industry prior to making a significant shift into the donut business in 2013. Jeff considers himself a lifetime learner who thrives on building teams and growing businesses. With locations throughout Maine and employing over 120 people, the Holy Donut sells over 2 million donuts per year. Jeff and his wife Elizabeth have three kids and live in Scarborough. Jeff, thanks again for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Great. So let's get this out of the way. Yeah. You are from away. I am. And as the true Mainers, as the true Mainers would say, so mm-hmm. um, where are you from and what brought you to Maine? Um, born in Indiana, um, lived there until about 12 years old, then moved to a couple of different places. My dad's job took him to several different uh, parts of the country. Um, he worked at nuclear plants. Um, so uh, during my sixth grade to 10th grade, we moved a few times. So uh, getting used to new schools and, and an interesting time for a teenager, mm-hmm. that, that was uh, uh, challenging. Uh, then we moved from Illinois to Maine. Uh, my dad got uh, a position at Maine Yankee uh, when that power plant was up and running up in Hinkley, Maine, just outside of Skowhegan. Um, and we landed in Farmington. Um, so I spent my uh, junior and senior year uh, in uh, Mount Blue, go Cougars, and, uh, and then migrated up to the University of Maine. And to your point where I think I primarily majored in fly fishing, but also there was some journalism in there as well. Yep. Um, Obviously, I'm a fan of the outdoors, and so uh, Orono in that part of the state was wonderful. Um, and I ultimately ended up meeting uh, my wife. Um, we just celebrated our 22nd anniversary and uh, and met my future business partner, Lee, um, wow. who founded The Holy Donut. So college was a very significant time for you. Indeed. Uh, yeah. A lot of big, important things happened that year. That's, yeah. Um, so you mentioned kind of an outdoorsman. Yeah. You do some fly fishing. I love, yeah, I love the outdoors. Uh, my passions are fly fishing and being in the Maine's wilderness. Um, I had dreams, I think, of becoming a, you know, I, I did become a Maine guy when I graduated out of college, um, but never pursued it professionally. Um, kids, work, mortgages, obligations, all that stuff started to come into the fold. And so I never really did it professionally, but uh, yeah, certainly one of my, my passions is uh, unplugging and being in the woods. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So... You spent some time in the corporate world before you ended up working in the donut business. Yeah. Um, tell us how the opportunity to get into Holy Donut presented itself and yeah. why, well, uh, why do it? As um, 
some people or most people may know, um, uh, Lee Kellis uh, is my sister-in-law, founded the Holy Donut, um, very humbly, out of her kitchen. Um, back in, I want to say it was early 2011, she started playing around with donut recipes and uh, um, ultimately started a wholesale business. Uh, and my father-in-law, Alan, uh, jumped into the business as a semi-retired insurance salesman. And uh, once they got a hankering that they wanted a... Um, a retail outlet, a brick and mortar. Uh, they uh, established Park Avenue. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife jumped into the fold uh, with them and kind of ran the front of the house and, and lead the back of the house and Alan more of the uh, the back office and, and things of that nature. And um, as it started to gain a bit of traction, um, they really needed somebody um, with a little bit more business background to, to jump in and help. And it was a, certainly a challenging decision. Um, you know, in my previous uh, life in business, I had made a good living in sales and marketing and uh, the hotel and hospitality uh, business. And um, it was quite a, a cut in our household income to kind of make the leap of faith and mm -hmm. jump into it. But I saw what, you know, Lee and Alan and, and my wife Elizabeth kind of had, had started and, and there certainly was momentum there. Um, and so we jumped in with both feet and uh, cinched our belts and went for broke. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a, a brave, a brave undertaking. Um, brave or naive, whatever. Um. <laughs> well, either way, it worked out. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, did your previous work experience help to like move you forward in your vision for the Holy Donut? Yeah. Or was it just of, a complete 180? It, yes, yes and no. Um, it was complete 180. The businesses couldn't have been more different. Um, but I have been part of, of startups before. Um, and in building, you know, whether they're sales or marketing departments or call centers and really starting from nothing. And so that that was helpful. Um, not that they, you know, they had a, a base to work from, but I really had never worked in, in food. Um, so my learning curve couldn't have been more steep. Um, and so, you know, jumping in initially, just trying to learn every position and everything in the business as quickly as humanly possible. So certainly lots of long days and long hours. and But also reaching out into the community, um, and there was no shortage of people who were in the baking sector, in the food industry, who were kind enough to give me some of their time so that I could learn about what the margins need to look like and, and you know, where to watch more closely, ingredient costs, et cetera. Um, Bob Johnson over at Scratch was awesome. I think he let me bend his ear more than a few times. Um, uh, Nancy Stroni at SCORE and just reaching out to as many people as possible to, to shorten my curve. Um, I was very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but it was just jumping in and figuring it out. Um, yeah. Maine has a very good collection of uh, food business-minded people. Indeed. So. Well, I mean, you know, Portland now with the moniker of the foodiest city in America, or mm -hmm. at least it was a year or two ago. Um, very similar to the craft beer space and talking with a lot of those folks. Um, it's certainly very much a rising tide mentality. Uh, people weren't, you know, close to the vest with, with their stuff. Um, I wasn't asking for any trade secrets, but they were more than willing to share. And so, you know, certainly Scratch and some other companies, Condens Donuts even actually allowed me to go down there and check out what they were doing. Um, it was just very cool to, to see, you know, the level at which local people will help one another. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that exists outside of Maine, but certainly in Maine, in the southern Maine market, I was kind of blown away at people's willingness to help. Yeah, that's very encouraging to hear. Yeah. Um, so a second ago, you said learning every position. Can mm -hmm. you do every single thing at the Holy Donut? If somebody takes a sick day, can you do? <laughs> can you work in the drive-through line? Do you know what you're doing? Can you work in the back um, of the house? Uh, not nearly. <laughs> I mean, they don't let me in the kitchen a whole lot anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, in the early days, yeah, I had to learn everything. And in the first year or so, um, mm -hmm. I was on call for every position. Um, yeah. So 
phone would ring at midnight for a call out, and as we had two and then three shops, um, certainly burning the candles at both ends, but, but learning, mm -hmm. you know, I'd learn, you know, everything from production to making the dough, to making the glaze, to, to frying the donuts, to, to slinging them at the counter, and, you know, to then starting and building out the back office and starting the accounting, as scary as that might sound for the people <laughs> who run our accounting right now. Um, it was, yeah, no, uh, I had to touch everything yeah. um, as we kind of got everything off the ground and then ultimately was able to backfill people who were better and more competent in those areas than I was. And so now I couldn't be more fortunate just to have a, a fantastic team. And uh, my job, you know, in the beginning was to get things started and to hand them off to people who are, that's their specialty. Yep. Um, yep. Every time I go through the drive-thru, I wonder if I'm going to see you at that window. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So, um, throughout the, the year, we'll, we'll take, you know, a shift a month, right? And just kind of dive back into the business, our senior team. And Tristan, our, our GM at our Scarborough location, who is just amazing. I can't say enough great things about him. Um, he had me on drive-through, right? And this was uh, during the pandemic and he was like, yeah. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my God, you know, I had a higher level of understanding of what they do every day. And certainly during the pandemic where it was drive-through only, it was bananas. So, mm -hmm. you know, my hat's off to them and, and they smile and are cheery. 24-7, even with that line, is yep. wrapped around the corner. So, yes. Well, I'm um, a frequent flyer there, so I can mm -hmm. vouch for that there. Yeah. You've got a very good team. Indeed, we yep. do, yeah. So the Holy Donut is known for the main potato donut, but mm -hmm. potatoes are not the only local ingredient you use. Mm -hmm. You use local butter, berries, buttermilk, New England eggs, fruit, mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the potatoes, all yeah. local. Um, why? As much as humanly possible, you know, maybe apples are a big part. That's our donut that's out now seasonally. Um, I think it's important um, to, to get back to local. I mean, this community that we're in, in Southern Maine, um, and now in the Central Maine market in Auburn, uh, just supported us so mightily. Um, so whenever possible, I don't think there's any sugarcane fields up in this neck of the woods, <laughs> but um, whenever possible, we, we try to use as much local ingredients uh, as we can. We think that's important. Yeah, great. Um, so besides the potato as the main ingredient, which is one of the things that sets the Holy Donut apart from others, um, you also have a very awesome and interesting variety of flavors. Mm. Um, so I've seen Alan's Coffee Brandy before. Yeah. You've got the maple bacon, which mm -hmm. I think is a big hit. My favorite is the pomegranate. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanna know who comes up with these flavors and then um, what's the product testing like? Well, yeah, a lot of the uh, flavors that we have now, a lot of these are original and the things that Lee came up with. Um, and so we, we still have geez, a ton of flavors that, that Lee kind of created uh, on her own. And then uh, over the past couple of years as she's kind of stepped away from the business, uh, that creativity kind of fosters and comes from within uh, at the stores. Um, traditionally, unfortunately, over the last year or two, we have had a Christmas party due to COVID. Uh, but that's traditionally where our stores will bring a couple flavors to the Christmas party. Um, and so each store will kind of make up their own flavors and, um, and they'll bring them in and we'll all taste test them and, uh, we'll bring in social media as well and mm -hmm. kind of grab some ideas from our, from our, uh, from our guests. And that's how we usually wind up with our first couple two or three new flavors uh, over the course of a year. Um, but just try to be creative and a little bit different. And you know, certainly we have the standards and the vanilla and the chocolate and those mm -hmm. types of things. But I think a big part of our brand is, is being really unique in terms of the flavor profiles that we choose. Yep. Yeah. Is there a donut that's always the first to sell out? Oh, geez. Um, well, the ones that tend to, I mean, certainly our most popular is our dark chocolate sea salt donut. Mm -hmm. That thing is just bananas, right? Um, but so we always make a ton of that. We sell more of that donut certainly than any other. Um, but one of the things pre-pandemic, um, 
is that we don't sell out right for the day. Uh, we may sell out some flavors, but we keep our 10 to 12 most popular to the bell uh, every day, in which with a handmade product, it's, you know, it's one of the challenges is managing overage and inventory and things of that nature throughout mm -hmm. the course of the day. Um, but during the pandemic, unfortunately, we, we, we've sold out on a number of occasions. So mm -hmm. it helps keep our food costs a little bit on the lower side and helps reduce uh, some of that overage. But, um, you know, lemon, super popular, um, our fresh lemon donut, um, to your point, pomegranate, triple berry, dark chocolate, coconut. I mean, we have roughly 22 to 24 different flavors in rotation every day. Mm -hmm. um, and then towards the end of the day, we try to keep the, the, the most popular 12 um, certainly our seasonal ones like blueberry and right now apple is super popular, um, which is our only donut that actually does not have potato in it. Uh, we exchange the starch from the apple for the potato. Oh, um, interesting. But that, that's actually one of my all-time favorites. That right out of the fryer with some uh, reduced cider glaze. It's pretty amazing. So are you making them throughout the day yeah. to order as? Yeah, each store will, wow. will you know, have a, a significant supply to start the day roughly maybe half of the donuts that we'll go through for the day are, are there at the bell. Mm -hmm. And then they're, they're walking to that finish line as they're measuring and seeing what the inventory looks like throughout the day. Uh, so it's very interactive in terms of replenishing that stock throughout the day and, and managing which flavors are, are going maybe a little bit quicker than others on a given day. Mm -hmm. well, you have to be paying very close attention to like an algorithm of yeah, some sort our, to make sure you've got that stuff up right. Our supervisors are just really amazing uh, yeah. on what they do. And uh, they have their finger on the pulse and, and understand the lead time to get that from cold dough to let it prove, to let it fry. And some are warm mm -hmm. glazed and some are cold glazed, which means there's a cooling time. And so taking all those lead times into account in order to have that replenished in time is, is not an easy task. Yeah. One of the things I've learned from previous conversations with you and, and again now is so much more goes into it than people realize. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it is, it is a process. Business, right? I mean, on yeah, the surface, no, it, you know, you're just kind of seeing a little glimpse of it, but mm. uh, the behind the scenes is um, always greater. Yeah. And hand cut. Yeah. So everything's hand done by hand, um, hand cut, stretched, fried, glazed, everything. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, you know, adds its own set of challenges uh, in terms of product consistency and things of that nature. So uh, the training that we've kind of pulled apart on a several occasions, but our uh, um, director of business operations, Ryan, who came to us a couple, I guess almost three years now, um, was excellent and, and really helped us refine what training needed to look like for product mm -hmm. consistency and for effective feedback loops to make sure that, you know, our training is doing the job that we need to do. You now have locations in York County, Cumberland County. What do you like about doing business in Maine? Other people. Um, it, it's really, I mean, Maine's a, is a very unique place having come from away, as they say, right? They'll mm. never let me be part of the club. Um, <laughs> but it's just such a, a great community and it's such a, a local centric community uh, here in Maine. Um, and people are authentic. People mm -hmm. are genuine. Uh, I think when I first moved here, people might have seemed maybe a little bit aloof, but it's just once you get to know people in Maine, um, they're awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love the communities uh, that we've landed in uh, and just the way that, you know, the local communities support. Um, you know, I read a stat a couple years ago. Maine is the, the biggest by local state in America. Uh, wow. And then that's proven itself in terms of um, I think if you have a good product um, and, you, and you're doing things for the right reasons, um, Mainers will get behind you. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, Maine is grateful to have you mm. and the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so the Holy Donut brand is is huge. It's very recognizable for, I think, just about everybody in Maine now. Did you foresee this growth for the company in the beginning, um, in 2013, when you jumped mm -hmm. in? Or besides a quality product, mm -hmm. what do you attribute to the success? Um, you know, it's really very interesting. We, we, as a family, we've sat down on a number of occasions to be like, can you believe this? Mm -hmm. These are just donuts, right? Um, but, you know, I guess the answer to that was yes and no. And prior to my, you know, quitting my corporate uh, job and coming into this, I certainly saw this had legs. I mean, even in the very beginning, you know, at Park Avenue, uh, we really didn't know what we were doing yet. We were still kind of fumbling around and figuring things out. And I think on some level, we, we still are, right? Um, and hopefully we'll always be a work in progress. But just the way in which people like clamored for this product and brought their friends and like it was a phenomenon from from the very earliest of days. Um, you know, this product just really took hold. And I think, you know, combination of things, you know, we certainly Portland was a popular place, but it really started to take off in the, the early teens. Um, it really started to become a destination. Maine certainly is in and of itself being vacation land. But I think Portland was kind of a stop on the way to do other things in the state where I think Portland really started to become a destination. You're seeing all these hotels and now coming up. And so we were, I think, fortunate in really being able to, to catch that wave. Um, and, uh, and certainly our Old Port location on Exchange Street, I think, really helped that exposure um, as the Old Port really started to, again, take off again. We were, we were there for that. And, uh, um, yeah, it was just this thing has been, you know, as we kind of say, sprinkled with a little bit of pixie dust from the jump. Um, <laughs> It's really, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling to say the least, um, but I think it's simple. I mean, what we sell, I think more than anything is nostalgia, right? We sell an old fashioned way of doing things uh, that just happens to be wrapped around the donut. Um, but whether that's the level of service, whether it's the people who actually enjoy what they do, uh, that have a little bit of fun at work, but we work our tails off. Um, but so that authentic service and just that a lot of people, when they come and talk to us, say it's, it kind of smells like my, my grandma's kitchen. My grandma used to make, make potato donuts. Mm -hmm. or, you know, so it's not a unique thing you know, in the county, as they say. Um, you know, potatoes were in a lot of things uh, over the years. And so um, you know, it's a throwback product. Um, and, and the way in which we do that is throwback, being by hand. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you know, it, people, it, it takes them back to a, maybe a little bit simpler time. Um, and so it's part of our strategy as well in using very simple ingredients. Um, you know, we're not ashamed of anything we put in there. It's always all natural, no artificial anything, no dyes. Um, it's made by hand by people who enjoy their work, which yeah. I think is something that's rather unique these days. Absolutely. And it's interesting mm -hmm. that you call it nostalgic because as you just described it, it is. It's something that brings people back and it smells like their grandmother's kitchen. Um, but I think of Holy Donut as such a, uh, like a far reaching and like very social media up and coming. You've got this merch, like a lot of the, the roots of your company seem to be modern. Mm. Um, I, I see you as, you know, the social media presence that you have and the website that you've developed and um, even just the branding. You're mm. very, you, you seem to be very modernized in certain ways. You still hand cut the donuts. Mm -hmm. Um but I feel like there's some type of mix between the old and the new. There is. I mean, I, yeah, that certainly is the case. I think we, you know, we, I think we speak to today's generation a mm -hmm. little bit. And so, we, you know, we, we tend to, to garner that interest. But while, you know, maybe introducing, you know, the younger people of today to something a little bit more 
nostalgic and that maybe predates mm -hmm. them in terms of how it is we, uh, the ingredients and the things that we use and how it is we make our product. Um, but yeah, my hat is off to our uh, our social media and our marketing team. They do a fantastic job mm -hmm. uh, putting out, you know, authentic content uh, out there for folks. And uh, to your point, the merch, I mean, the number of things that, that folks want to purchase from us with our name on it is really kind of interesting. I can remember when we, you know, somebody brought up socks. I'm like, really? We're going to sell socks? Um, and yeah. That people love the socks that we put out there, uh, bandanas. Just you know, mm -hmm. um, very fortunate that people want to to wave the flag. Um, yeah, it's really well. Very my cool. dog runs up and down the beach in his holy donut bandana, <laughs> right. and people always point it out. So, yeah, um, I, uh, I'm a I'm a taker. <laughs> um, so, how do you see the business evolving? What are what are the next ten years going to look like mm -hmm. for the holy donut? Yeah, I think you know it's going to be. Uh, Interesting. We're you know, right now. Our, our challenge is scaling, right? Mm -hmm. um, certainly, we, we've uh, we've taken down a new production facility, um, which through your help, I mm -hmm. certainly am very appreciative of that. Um, we're just starting to build out a uh, process now um, about how do we scale and continue to grow, uh, but certainly always remaining authentic uh, to our roots. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we had to pivot and, and, and go into Hannaford and the grocery stores uh, and kind of follow the people. Uh, so certainly, that's a segment that, that will continue to grow. Uh, we see events continuing to grow and take off for us. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, a huge part of, of what we do. Um, but ultimately staying true to our, our, our roots, right? And so, you know, what type of mechanization might we apply and where? Um, those are all decisions and things that, that we're going through now as we're building out our facility. Um, but every store, you know, we want to have cooking and frying happening there. And so I think that's a big differentiator for us. Um, not many people, once they get to four, five, six units, are still cooking at the individual locations. Um, and while that might be a bit more costly in terms of fit up and things of that nature, um, it's important to the brand. Uh, and it's important that, that our guests see the action and, and understand, I don't, we don't have to market fresh, you can see it. Um, mm -hmm. It's happening right before you. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. we, have, uh, we have some robust plans um, coming down the pike. Good, yeah. good, good to hear. Yeah. Um, so it's currently a family owned business. Hmm. Um, you've got three kids. I do. Are they involved or do you foresee them being involved in the company? Uh, they've all been involved to some degree, um, as they're young, kind of their first jobs. Um, you know, I think Riley was 13 or so when she started working at the shop. She's now 21 and has kind of gone on to do other things. Um, Griffin, uh, spent, uh, 16 to 18, uh, in the Scarborough oh. location. Uh, my youngest daughter, Katie, uh, is 16 and is currently working at our Park Avenue location. Oh, awesome. uh, So they've all kind of played around um, and, and got their, their feet wet in, in terms of the working world uh, going in there. But whether or not any of them want to kind of come back and, and kind of plant a flag with us, who knows? I mean, right mm -hmm. now they're, you know, um, they kind of want to go out and do their other things. So, um, sure. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Give them that freedom to fly. But yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was cool. And I'm very, I mean, I couldn't be more grateful I and mean, I have so many great memories of working with my kids and um some some better than others right it's you know it could be a challenge managing your kids uh, yeah. at store their parent level. and their boss yeah well and so you know in the early days with with my oldest daughter Riley um you know we were very young and green just had two locations then where I was her direct manager that was tough right? like, <laughs> hey I need you to go sweep the floor I don't want to I'm like okay yeah this isn't home right <laughs> you know pretend like I'm you know at home I'm supposed to be the boss here I am mm -hmm. um but over time, you know, our, our GMs, um, you know, they were kind of their responsibility. And so mm. at the end of the day, I don't get involved. Um, they deal with their bosses and uh, I'm kind of out of the picture in that regard, which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah.
I follow you guys on social media. The Bolus Company follows you. Um, I've seen your employees taking on a lot of um, volunteer-based activities Mm. recently. Um, Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's... um that's one of the things that's really important to us as a company um, and giving back to our community is really job number one, right? To, to be honest, I mean, donuts are just simply the conduit for us to hopefully be able to do more cool stuff mm-hmm. uh, in the communities that we land in. Um, and so a number of years ago, uh, we created, we call our VTO program, our volunteer time off program, um, where we um, reward our teammates for volunteering in the community. Um, so for each employee has a, currently the ability to earn an additional two days off per year uh, by volunteering 16 hours out in community uh, with, with some local partners that we have, um, which is really very cool. Um, it offers them the opportunity. A lot of the, the uh, our teammates are on the younger side and maybe haven't um, done a lot of volunteering. Um, and so watching them, you know, understand what that means to give authentically without any hope for anything in return. Um, certainly we reward them for that time off, but whether we're working with uh, you know, Special Olympics or Special Surfers or um, building homes for wounded warriors, donating mm-hmm. donuts to them, or uh, this year we worked with the Animal Refuge League of Portland. It's just really very cool to see our team um, doing things like that. And uh, for us, uh, it's a, be- a good way for us to give back into the communities that have supported us so mightily. Um, mm-hmm. That's always something that's going to be in the forefront for us with, in any community that we land in, and we're excited to find those opportunities in York County, having just landed there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you've used the word authentic so many times, and I think that's what people think of when they think of the Holy Donut. Mm. Um, just the authenticity, the, the like the groundedness of mm. as big as you get. And I mean, you're mentioned in publications all over the country, but you're still volunteering locally in your communities. And mm. I think um, I think that goes a long way with the people that support you too. Yeah, I th- and, I, and I hope that that shines through. I mean, we're all very pretty simple people. Right. This mm-hmm. is about as fancy as it gets for me. Um, and, you know, and so and that goes throughout our company. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no one's too full of themselves. Um, and we're, we're just getting started here. And, and the reality is we're we're doing something pretty simple. Um, and we're just terribly fortunate that people are responding in the way that they are. Um, so you've trademarked the name Holy Donut. Yeah. Who came up with that? Um, Lee, uh, our founder, did. Um in a, in, a, in a group of friends that just kind of surfaced and came up. It doesn't really have any religious connotations or anything of that nature, but it's just a, a name that surfaced for her and she loved and said, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be the Holy Donut. <laughs> so it, um, like, like, like a lot of things within our company, it just happened very organically and mm-hmm. uh, she ran with it mm-hmm. and it, it, it's sticking. It worked. Yeah. And you actually had to defend the name in court. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um Surprisingly, there's a number of, of holy donuts out yeah. there, and so you know, this was, geez, early pandemic. I wanted to say, and unfortunately, and then that went through the news, and thankfully, it's kind of died down a little bit. But um, that was a decision we didn't take lightly, and so we've had to contact five or six different companies um, with with that name, um, and just say, in, in the majority of them, this is the only one that kind of went that far. Mm-hmm. Um, we say, hey, you know, we have trademarked that. We do have plans to grow and continue to grow outside of our state. Um, and so we have uh, agreements with a couple of them that if you're going to just have one location and that's all you want to do, go ahead and keep your name. Um, we're not trying to step on you or impede your ability to uh, to do business. However, if that's going to be a brand or a name that you want to grow, that's not going to be possible beyond that location. So we ask mm-hmm. you know, kindly that you respect that we've gone through the legwork and the energy and spent the time and money to trademark that to protect it. 
you would probably want to do the same, and most mm -hmm. people are pretty agreeable. Right. Um, that one wasn't, then we had to do what mm -hmm. we had to do. So you mentioned that the name sort of came about organically. Yeah. Um, the putting mashed potatoes in a donut, mm -hmm. on your website it says that it was created organically. Tell me how, do you know how Lee decided yeah. to go about doing well, she, that? I mean, she was, a, you know, just a donut lover, right? And she's very careful about what she puts in her body and likes to eat things that, that are high quality and natural and um, started playing around with recipes and found an old Northern Maine recipe that had mashed potatoes in it or they're really riced potatoes. But not everybody knows what riced means. It's mm -hmm. basically a parboiled potato put through a ricer like a cheese grater and it comes in little pieces, right? They look like rice. Um, but we kind of say mash because everybody can kind of relate to that. <laughs> Um, we're certainly not, I think, you know, on a commercial scale, I don't know anybody else who's using mashed potatoes. Potato flour is very popular and actually one of the first national donut chains in, in America was Spud Nuts. Um, huh. uh, they preceded Dunkin' Donuts and they used potato flour as well. Uh, the, the chain has since kind of fallen away and I think there's three or four locations left uh, throughout the country. Um, but yeah, she just kind of played around with it and made it her own, thought it was, you know, quintessentially Maine, right, mm -hmm. to use uh, potatoes from the county. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, you know, there, there was a number of recipes for, for uh, potato donuts. Um, if you go through the archives in northern Maine, and so she found one that she liked and kind of tweaked it and made it her own. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that type of foresight, but I'm glad that she did. No, in, indeed. I mean, using a low, you know, our biggest, you know, uh, agricultural crop um, certainly was very smart. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it just provides just a very different flavor texture to the donut makes it even a cake donut that might air or be a little bit more dense. It makes it a little more airy, fluffy, and a little bit of a different mouthfeel. And it, it's, it's a very unique product. Mm -hmm. It is very unique. Maine potato donut. That's mm. your, that's your branding. It really is. And yeah, I remember the early days of being in the old port um, and just kind of being outside, you know, having a cup of coffee and just listening and watching people kind of go by the shop and they're like, Maybe potato donut. What the heck's that all about, right? And they, they just they have to come mm -hmm. see what that's about. And so, mm -hmm. uh, thankful that they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Holy Donut has gotten a lot of local attention, but you've also been featured in publications like the Boston Globe, the New York Times, Bon mm -hmm. Appetit. Um, when do you think the buzz really started to stretch beyond just Maine? Mm. I would say 2014, uh, about a year and change after we opened in the Old Port. Um, we started getting some attention from um, uh, Travel and Leisure and Fodor's Travel mm -hmm. put us in the top 10 donut shops in the country in 2015, which really, I think, started to garner a little bit of attention. Um, Lee went on a program called Donut Showdown, late 13 or early 14. Um, Travel Channel, the Food Network, I think we've done seven or eight different shows with those types of companies over the years. Um, Andrew Zimmern came over um, just all of a sudden the, these stars would start showing up at our door, some announced, some unannounced. Um, and so as Portland really started to garner more attention on a national level, I think it carried us along with it uh, mm -hmm. a little bit. And so it was just really cool. I'm like, really, the Travel Channel's coming or you know, the Food Network's coming or Man versus Food or, you know, whatever. Um, it was really very cool. I mean, we just couldn't be more grateful. Um, Down East Magazine has been very good to us uh, over the years as well. Um, but yeah, we've be kind of become synonymous with Portland, uh, which mm -hmm. is couldn't be more humbling. Um, and, and fortunate that a lot of people, when they come and visit Maine or Portland in general, have have us on their list to stop by and 
check us out. Yeah, I think you're on a lot of lists based on uh, some of those lines that we've seen. Uh, yeah. What's the longest that you've heard somebody's waited in line for a donut before? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I'm local, and I know that I've I've gotten to that 45-minute-plus yes, time before. Well, in, the, in the pandemic, you know, certainly that line, like at Scarborough, whether it's drive through or what have you, has stretched a little bit as labor has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, around, I know the early days at, at Exchange Street where it was just mayhem, right? We used to call Exchange Street the mosh pit, this teeny tiny little <laughs> place, everyone jammed shoulder to shoulder in the line, you know, up past Milk Street, um, up past Fuji, which was probably 100 people deep. Um, I'd say pushing an hour um, mm -hmm. in, in those days. And uh, I mean, that just blows my mind um, that people would, would wait in line for that uh, amount of time. And so, you know, going out and talking in the line saying, I apologize, it's taking a little time. And most mm -hmm. people are pretty cool about it. It's part of the experience. Um, but part of our, you know, over the years has been to, okay, right, we owe it to our folks to make sure we're moving this line as quickly as humanly possible. And so as we've evolved over time and gotten better at what we do and moving that line, but we also, you know, we, we try not to rush, particularly in the summertime. We have lots of new people coming to see us. Um, when they finally get up that counter, we give them their time. Um, so it's very relational. It's not a, a transactional type of a thing. And so they're all kind of wide-eyed and look at the flavors. And we allow them, you know, we're, we're going to try to nudge them along and, and, and make our recommendations. But they've waited that long to get there. I want them to soak up that moment and, and, and make sure they have the best experience possible. Yeah. Yep. Um. Any other funny donut stories you've heard from customers? Has anybody, uh, um, you heard that somebody's proposed with a box of holy donuts before or anything uh We haven't, although weddings, weddings and um, donuts have gone huge in the last few years. I mean, we have, I want to say, I was meeting with our event uh, manager there day, 50 or 60 weddings a year we'll do, uh, where they do, wow. the, instead of a cake, they'll do donuts, right? Which is very cool. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. There's a gentleman that lives in Georgia who flies up here like two or three times a year just to have holy donuts. <laughs> and so he'll he'll email or text me and say, hey, I'm gonna come up. I'm like, great, we'll have a dozen donuts ready for you. And, um, but people, you know, again, which is just mind blowing, um, people apparently is a thing, people will travel around and just for donuts, mm -hmm. right? Just Not just us, but for other parts of the country. And so hearing that people make pilgrimages to, to come and see us or, you know, I know people, you know, they'll drive for hours just to come up and have a donut, mm -hmm. um, which just, blows my mind um but i'm sure there's there's some cool stories that, that are probably escaping me at the moment but um but yeah it's, it's it's been really cool mm -hmm. yeah. my uh my parents were just visiting from new jersey and took a dozen back with them and um my dad can vouch that they freeze very well <laughs> so he could extend <laughs> them over time <laughs> so. they do and a lot of people do that with our gluten-free product um which freezes well um and so that's another um product I think is it's been growing certainly uh, year over year substantially and that's a an area uh, of growth for us downstream as well so your success personally and then the success of the business is undeniable at this point do you have any words of wisdom for a small family-owned company starting out mm -hmm. in Maine that's a good question um I think from a family-owned business is you know a running a family business is way harder uh, than I gave it credit for. Um, and I couldn't be more, you know, grateful that our family is as close and as tight knit as it is. Um, I remember the early days before coming aboard, um, you know, we all had a family meeting about what's most important for us and that's our family, right? Um, and that things aren't going to come between us. Um, none of us could really see the challenges that were going to lay in front of us uh, mm -hmm. that we would have to face along the way. 
But one thing that, that I was always very grateful for is we could disagree and sometimes vehemently and have elevated voices and arguments, but then still have Sunday dinner, go have a beer, um, and kind of laugh it off a little bit. Um, so very grateful for that. I mean, I would say, you know, looking back on it, I think if we had had our lanes of responsibility more clear, um, I think that would have helped, um, you know, not step on people's toes or, you know, would have thwarted some arguments uh, or some challenges that we encountered. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that has just been, I've been most proud of um, is just the way that this family came together. Um, none of us were restaurateurs, mm -hmm. right? Um, Cynthia, uh, my mother-in-law, who's part of the ownership group, and Alan, um, they own their own photography business, which was very successful, Cynthia Allen Photography, um, back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, but none of us really owned our business uh, other than that. And so it was a bunch of rookies coming together <laughs> who didn't know any better, um, but just had, you know, my mother-in-law put up her life savings, right, to open up the first store, right? No banks would lend us any money, and rightfully so. Um, it was just the, you know, we just couldn't fail, right? I mean, we just, we had way too much on the line. Um, and I quit my job, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, so I think magic can tend to happen when your back's against the wall, right? Mm -hmm. And you start to see what you're made of and are you creative enough and are you willing to be humble enough to go out in the community, ask for help and just say, hey, uh, you know, here's what we got going on. We don't pretend to know what we're doing. Tell me what I need to be focused on that maybe we're not. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, just a number of people that were willing to step up and help, and whether it's SCORE or the MEP, the Manufacturer Extension Partnership, um, Vistage for me has been a huge resource. I mean, just a, a, you know, understanding that we don't need to and have to try to do this in a vacuum, mm -hmm. right? There's an immense amount uh, of people out there who will help if you, as long as you're willing to go out there and ask those questions and, and kind of admit that, you know, you need that help. Um, so go out there, ask for it. Um, and it's okay that you don't know it, right? Our job is just to figure it out uh, along the way. Um, and there's an interesting quote I read a long time ago. I can't remember where it came from, but it said, you know, you can drive all the way across the country at night, only seeing a few hundred feet ahead of you with the headlights. That's all you need to see, okay? just the next few hundred feet and just have confidence that if you're doing the right things that the next hundred feet or a couple hundred feet will materialize the way you need it to. Um, just keep doing those right things um, and have confidence that whatever's going to come over that horizon you're going to be able to deal with and that you're prepared to do whatever it takes. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to look that quote up, <laughs> figure out where that came from. Yeah. Um, so you've been in Maine since the 80s mm -hmm. and you shower your community with donuts and coffee. Do you think you are considered a true Mainer yet? Oh, no. They'll never let me be part of the club. My kids are, right? Because they've born here, but that's... <laughs> You know, Mainers are, are are pretty resolute in that, and and I'm okay with it, mm -hmm. right? I'm a I'm an outsider, but um, and I'm I'm totally alright with that. <laughs> um, so Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Your insights, your stories, um, all the contribution, all the contributions that you and your team at the Holy Donut make to the community here in mm -hmm. Maine. Um, if you don't already find and follow the Holy Donut on social media or check out their website, theholydonut.com. If you'd like to more, learn more about the Bolus Beat, visit our website, bolus.com, or find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And lastly, if you want to know the secret to owning real estate, it's pretty simple. Just be sure to outlive your debt. <laughs>